I think it was last Lent or perhaps the year Lent before that, when I preached a sermon about Pascha peeking through. Uh, here, I think what we have uh, in the gospel readings, uh, sorry, not gospel readings, the Old Testament reading uh, and um, uh, and the hymnography today is, uh, again, Pascha, the power of God, the resurrection peeking through. It's like all of creation is straining towards the resurrection. And so even in the midst of the, 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 the darkness and sad, joy, bright sadness of Lent, uh, the, even, even right here and now, it's the very end of Lent, the end of our struggle, we get these glimpses of the resurrection. The Old Testament reading from Genesis. It's like the, the, the climax of the book. Oh, well, one of the climaxes. Uh, um, the, the, but but the, the last one. And, and it's, it's Joseph. The story of Joseph, the climax of that story is what we get right here, right now, at this moment in Lent. Um, the story is, frank, quite frankly, prophetic. Here you have a righteous man who was unjustly betrayed by his own people, cast into the ground, basically sentenced to death, and then who finds his way down into Egypt by the grace of God, and again is, cast, is unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife, and again is unjustly condemned, and this time thrown into prison, and is then raised up to be the right-hand man of Pharaoh himself. You have the king, and then you have Joseph. And he's raised up by God at that moment, at that time. He's put into that circumstance to save the world. The famine that was in the land was not just in the land of Egypt. It was in the land of his own people. It was all over the world. And God, through Pharaoh's dream uh, and through the wisdom that he gave to Joseph, prepares Joseph and works through him to prepare all of Egypt for this coming famine. And by preparing all of Egypt, preparing to save his own family and the whole of all of the people around them. Where do we hear this story again? Someone unjustly accused by his own people, sentenced to death, but then raised up by God. And here at this moment, we get this, at, at this little pericope that we were given tonight. We have Joseph before his brothers. And his brothers don't recognize him. They should know him. But of course, you know, they're not expecting to see Joseph. They see this Egyptian guy. Exalted. Completely unknowable. And really scary, frankly. And he's invited them to dinner. 
and he seems to be having trouble containing himself. And then he says to his servants, prepare the feast, prepare the dinner, prepare to eat. And at that moment, he can contain himself no longer. He can hide himself no longer. And he is made known to them in the breaking of the bread. He cries out to them and says, it's me, Joseph. Dumbstruck, awestruck, terror-struck. This was the man whom they unjustly condemned to a life of slavery, as far as they knew, to death. And he was standing before them, exalted in glory. What do they do? <laughs> Joseph reassures them, no, what you meant for evil. God worked for good. Likewise, we're given in the hymnography leading up to Lazarus Saturday, we're given Lazarus to consider. The friend of Christ who his sisters tell Jesus, look, the one whom you love is sick. Come, save him. And he doesn't. He doesn't come. He doesn't come in time. Lazarus is dead four days by the time that Jesus gets there. And the sisters who come to greet him are absolutely in tears. This is a complete disaster. If only you had been here. They say to Jesus, my brother would not have died. But Jesus knew what he was doing. God always knows what he's doing. We don't. We, oft, we most of the time have no idea. The only time we kind of sort of get a glimpse of it is, is looking back in retrospect and looking at what God has done in the lives of the holy people of God and in our own lives. They had no idea that this was this death of their brother, which was an absolute, utter and complete tragedy to them, was actually Christ revealing to all the people what he was going to do, what he is going to do for each and every one of us. But when he came, he entered into our condition. He knows what it is to be one of us. He knows hunger and thirst and weariness and sorrow. And so when he comes to the tomb, he weeps. He weeps with Mary and Martha. He weeps with us for the agony, the pain, all the sorrow, everything that we're going through. He is with us in that. Then he tells them to open up the tomb. And he calls out, Lazarus, come forth. Still wrapped in the grave clothes in which they buried him. We haven't even got to Pascha yet. And this is what we're presented with. 
the work of God, the power of God, which is always at work, even in the midst of darkness and sorrow and pain and suffering and death. God is at work. He does not abandon his holy ones to the grave. He reveals himself to us. He came to raise us up, his friends. Yes, we do have to go through sorrow, suffering, sickness, death. Yes, we don't understand. Why? Why me? Why now? Why is this happening? We don't know. He doesn't tell us that. But what we do know, looking back at what he has done in the lives of those who entrusted themselves to him, in the lives of everyone who entrusts themselves to him. He works. He preserves. He resurrects. Because he loves us. We've been through some rough times. We have no idea what rough times are still coming. We don't know how God is working or what exactly he's going to do. But we do know what exactly he always does. He will look after us. He will protect us. He will save us. He will raise us from the dead. To him be glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now and ever, and unto ages. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory.